0: Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Vampire Weekday. Once again, I'm joined by my co-host, Kevin, on this Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, and we're excited to dive deep into Flower Moon, one of my personal favorites. Um, but before we do that, we have another segment of Vampire News. A lot has happened in the week we've been gone. Um, we we have some exciting news. You want to tell them, Kevin? Yeah, first
1: of all, folks, uh, happy Super Bowl Sunday. I know we're on a tape delay, so it's going to be at least Tuesday when you hear this. But Happy Super Bowl Sunday. Um, a lot has happened. Uh, so earlier this week, was it was it on Tuesday or Wednesday uh, that the 2021 remixes dropped? Um, I, I, so they dropped earlier in this week. Um, there was kind of a, a, a mismatch, which is or a mix up, I guess I should say. Uh, my understanding is that these songs dropped for a few hours in the wee hours of the morning U.S. time um, to Spotify, which was interesting because we, we know how intentional this band is. Uh, and the fact that it's something kind of slipped like this is very interesting. Uh, but we have two different versions of 2021. Uh, we have Sam Gendel, who's actually a co-writer on Flower Moon, which is very interesting, did this weird, like, I told Nico, it's not even a song, it's almost like a soundscape, this like crazy, like jazz electro 2021 version. Uh, you wanna go into that one a little bit more?
0: Yeah, so that one's wild. Um, yeah, I, I watched the video and listened to it. And like Kevin said, it's just the soundscape that's created. Um, I It reminded me of two things. Um, if anyone has played the video game Tetris Effect, um, the music, Goes along with when you're shifting the blocks. Um, and that's what it reminded me of. Uh, very technical and very um, unnatural, almost. While well, the other thing that it reminded me of, I sent Kevin a clip of this the video, uh, the SpongeBob episode, Shanghai, um, <laughs> where where SpongeBob, Patrick, and Squidward are held captive on um, what is? His What's the name, name of the Flying Dutchman? Did the, the Flying, flying Dutchman, Dutchman ship have a name? Yeah, the ship, yeah. though. Okay, I, I don't know, but the Flying Dutchman ship and Squidward is thrown into the chasm of um, the fly the, of despair. The fly of despair. The, because remember, he opens the fly. <laughs> yeah, and it's just like <laughs> hectic horror, like. I don't know how they show that to little kids. and Just like nothing happens, because it's just wild. Um, so that's the thought I had um, when I when I listened to it. Um, but it's it's a cool listen. Will I go back to it repeatedly? Probably not. Now going to the next next version, man. Vampire Weekend is fully transforming into a jam-, jam band, and I'm here for it.
1: Yeah. So, my understanding is this was a, pretty much a clean handoff. The Vampire Weekend guy said, What can you do with this? And Goose, pretty much the, the song is 20 minutes long, and the middle 16 minutes of it are not really 2021. 20, mm-hmm. uh, they did a great little cover of the part, that, the song that we know well, and the middle of it is just. Just some fantastic jam guitar. Um, really, really good stuff. Um, I, I Frankly, I didn't know people today were making music that sounded like that. But it's, it's a fantastic, fantastic jam track. Um, that one we'll go back to yeah, a so lot, I
0: would think. Shout out to Goose. Great job making that. That was a good, good interpretation. Uh, Sam Gandell's was good in its own right, just very different, mm-hmm. um, to be clear. But um, yeah, exciting to have stuff happening in the Vampire Weekend community. Yes. Um, so hopefully that means new music is on the horizon. We'll see. Um, I think it does. I've, everything I've seen is updates about them working on music. So
1: yeah, I feel like Dude. every every TC recently Ezra mentions that he's been in the studio in some capacity. Yeah. So stuff stuff is happening.
0: Well, they have about a year to get an album out before we run out of music. So. <laughs> they're on the clock i was gonna
1: say we should talk to these guys <laughs>
0: it's like if you know if you want this podcast to thrive you need to release an album and they'll they'll get on it i'm sure because that's mm-hmm. their highest priority <laughs> america's um,
1: favorite america's favorite ska band needs to get their work yeah
0: yeah yeah um officially vampire weekend is a ska band on wikipedia now yeah that's as of, news
1: <laughs> as of sunday afternoon uh, in the United States. Vampire Weekend is uh, an American ska band from New York City. Um, I'm for it. That's Yeah, we might as well. This is I, not really a ska song that we have on the table today.
0: It's a something song. Yeah, I don't, it's, it's bright. What it's genre beautiful. is it?
1: So, I'm glad you brought that up because I was thinking about this earlier today and kind of yesterday when I was looking at this song and this album is rootsy. I mean, it really is. It releases rootsy as you can get in the modern era without being straight up like acoustic guitar and vocals. Um, This song is particularly folksy and we kind of have this situation where we kind of have a repeated chorus throughout the song and the Steve Lacey parts are straight up spoken word. I mean, you see Dylan doing that sometimes. I was listening to a song by uh, Little Feet the other day. It was very folksy and a lot of it is just straight up spoken word. That's very cool because at the end of the day, we kind of have to remember that this music is poetry and it's very cool to see
0: that yeah definitely um yeah this what this song gives me vibes of is um kind of later Beatles-esque after they visited India and like Mm -hmm. tried to incorporate sitar and stuff like that into their music uh more heavily because there's there's some songs on Father of the Bride that use slide guitar and then some that use like really interesting instrumentation. Um, and so that's, that's kind of the vibe I get. Um, but it's definitely very intriguing because Steve Lacey is very much an R&B artist um, who has amazing music in his own right. Um, and I, I wouldn't say it's straightforward by any means his music whatsoever. But um, it, I feel like it's decently easy to classify him. Um, and then Danielle Haim, uh, me and Kevin have talked about this a lot. How Haim is one of the last rock bands out there almost. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she, they have their own genre. But Vampire Weekend, I mean, everyone kind of always throws them an alternative. But Father of the Bride, I don't, I don't know. I think it was. It was up for alternative album, but Harmony Hall was up for rock song. And so I don't think the the Grammys even know how to classify them.
1: Anytime I see an album categorized as alternative these days, I just, I feel like you're not trying hard enough. And again, (laughs) we might spend this entire episode figuring out what the hell we're supposed to say and we might not come to an answer. But like, to me, alternative is a label reserved for like the cure. REM like that's alternative you know and I feel like I mean maybe some some rock groups of the the past few days but like the past few years I should say but I think when you look at like music from let's just say Boni Iver's debut album onward that was kind of loosely categorized as indie I just feel like we can get a little bit more specific than alternative you
0: know yeah I mean genius classifies this song as rock slash indie rock
1: okay that's fair
0: I feel like indie rock is a decent attempt. Mm -hmm. I would definitely not say rock, but... No. But it is weird because we've talked on this show about how indie has lost its meaning too. Indie means nothing. Indie means what you want it to mean. You throw it in there to provide a little nuance into your uh, explanation of the genre. Um, And... So, I don't know.
1: <laughs> yeah, at the end of the end makes of day, the
0: music they want to make.
1: The band is signed to Sony Records, and you can't really call <laughs> yourself independent.
0: No, you <laughs> cannot. Signed.
1: Yeah, you can't do that. Um, but what this, this song does have is a little bit of everything. That's what makes it so hard. Uh, this vocal modulation, or whatever you want to call it at the beginning with mm-hmm. Ezra's voice, I, what do you call that? I don't yeah. even know.
0: Yeah, I mean, a lot of people said like vocoder, auto tune sound. Um, yeah, he he likes to play with it in this album. On spring snow, you get that as well at the very beginning, mm-hmm. um, and it 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 adds a lot. Um, but he maybe it goes back to him being confirmed wavy. Um, his Could Kanye be. influence. Um, I mean, Kanye revolutionized. The use of the vocoder with uh, runaway um, and so so maybe there's some influence shining through there
1: definitely could be but yeah it's it's, it's a great cool way to start this song is lacy in the background at all in the very beginning or yes. is it just as okay
0: yes okay um, yeah, it's a
1: great it's a great way to start um, and then we were just talking right before we got on about the clapping that comes in Um, people love clapping along to sympathy, but this clapping we have here is really something else. Yeah.
0: So you have a doublet, um, and then triplet beat, um, where you split a four, four bar into that. It almost creates the sense of, I would say anticipation for each next bar Mm because you're never at ease. Um, there's never a set, um, flow to it. I, I think the clapping adds a lot to the song. They don't do that clapping rhythm in a lot of the live, um, the live shows I've seen. Really? And, yeah. And so they do instead just a generic and um, that ends up taking a lot. It becomes a slower song. It becomes a more relaxed almost ballad um, without the clapping, I noticed, which is very, very interesting.
1: You can you can jam over it. Like we were watching some live mm-hmm. tracks and like they'll do an extended play of this where they'll they'll kind of get a little looser with it after the vocals are done. And I think you're kind of right. Like it's very hard to keep up with that. Like you said, the double and the triplet. It's, I don't want to say it's anxiety inducing, but there's some tension there and it, it keeps things together a little bit
0: yeah definitely um yeah and also the song just constantly is changing and adding uh instrumentation and i feel like that also never lets you get into an ease um while listening to it um because at the beginning it's kind of slow and relaxed and then um the keyboard like comes in um And then eventually in the bridge, you have this wind instrument, maybe a flute. Um, You also have a trumpet at some points in the chorus. Um, And so all this instrumentation is kind of jumping and adding on to each other and interacting to create almost this hectic environment, um, but not in the same way as uh, sympathy, because sympathy is always the song people would think, oh, that's like hectic. That's crazy. Sympathy is a
1: 12-bar blues song. Like It doesn't get more (laughs) rigid
0: than that. But it definitely creates this sense of unease, which I feel matches the lyrics, which we'll dive in. Mm -hmm. Um, Because Father of the Bride tells the story of a couple who get married in a gold rush um, and... There's some mistake that happens. My mistake. Um, and then um, kind of like a almost mad ballad with symphony, sympathy. But then sunflower, you're kind of at ease again. But then flower moon is where it kind of sets in like, maybe we can't fix this. Maybe this is going to go wrong. Um, followed by 2021 which directly relates to this because in the song they keep saying it's going to take a year going to take a year going to take a year and 2021 it says i could wait a year but i couldn't wait three um and so it almost be
1: a call and response yeah this, exactly. this song could be one party 2021 could be the other party
0: exactly um and then you have we belong together which is them trying trying to reconcile um even though uh, I mean, we'll dive more into this for that episode, but I, I love the lyrics in that song because it's all of these um, antonyms that are opposites of each other, but yet our mind associates them together. So you have black and white, um, you have left and right, all of these antonyms, but that are always grouped together. Um, mm-hmm and so and at the end they reconcile and says hallelujah you're still mine all all we did was waste your time time yeah if
1: yeah we'll we'll get to that but that lyric almost makes me tear up every time i listen to it. it's freaking incredible
0: yeah and then finally stranger which we've covered he's finally at ease with the person and he's happy um and then spring snow (laughs) man as we can't catch a break in this tough scene tale because spring snow it, it ends it ends for good how do you um, think
1: rashida feels when she listens to spring snow after stranger
0: you know she's probably like well this better be uh the fictional character not the real one <laughs> um but yeah so so i feel like that context is very necessary to understand this song mm-hmm. um because it's talking about them coming to odds with the fact that they're probably not going to work um flower moon cursed the night um if the sun don't make things right then it's going to take a year so first of all what's a flower moon kevin i know you did some deep nasa research for this. yeah
1: so first first time i ended up on nasa.gov for uh for uh, this show. Uh, but the indigenous peoples of the Northwest, particularly the Algonquin people, uh, is my understanding, they had names for the full moons throughout the year. And the name of the May full moon was the flower moon, with the idea that flowers are blooming, um, spring is on coming on. And obviously every now and then you have two full, mo- full moons in one month. Um, but typically this may flower moon is only going to happen once a year and so we have a lot of allusions to things that only happen once a year things Mm. repeating things coming and going um stuff like that you know i think i think there's there's a lot of uh, allusions to time uh like i said things coming things going and with the cyclical nature of this it's interesting we point out a flower moon because in almost all cases, if it's, a, if it's a beautiful spring day and the sun goes down and you see that May moon come up, you're probably going to feel pretty good. You know, mm-hmm. summer's on the way. There's all this good stuff coming on. Uh, but Like you said, there could be some darker undertones here, almost in the sense of if we don't get things figured out now, it could be another year before this happens.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And I, I think there's also the play on the words flower moon. Um, there's definitely the use of that meaning with the May full moon, but there's also the play on the words with it following directly sunflower, which is also a Steve Lacy um, song on the album. Um, Cause you just flip the two words and then find the antonym of moon, um, of sun for moon. And so, um, so I definitely think it's kind of the opposite of that song. Um, that song's happy go lucky. It has, Um, as genius put it, um, scatting by Steve (laughs) Lacey on sunflower, uh, you're not going to see scatting on this one. You're, you're going to see a lot of more darker undertones, um, where flower moon cursed the night. Um, this very looking to the stars and seeing nothing but despair. Um, if the sun don't make things right, then it's going to take a year. I read that line as there are a lot of issues that in a relationship where if you sleep on it, Mm -hmm. it probably will become a non-issue. But there are some issues where once you sleep on it, it's still there. It's going to take a lot longer than a few nights to fix it. It's going to take a year, um, as he says. Um, I was thinking something
1: very similar to that. I'm glad you pointed that out.
0: Yeah, and then the next part, Flower Moon, sacred sign. Again, he's looking to the skies for a sign. Coca-Cola and red wine. Um, That's a really interesting lyric. Now's the time to disappear. Going to take a year. Um, What was your take on all this?
1: Is Coca-Cola and red wine a thing? Um, Yes. Okay, great. Let's talk about that.
0: It's a drink called Kalimotsuko. Um, also known as Calimocho, um, which is made by mixing Coke and red wine. Uh, It's quite popular in the Basque country in the northern region of Spain.
1: Interesting.
0: Um, I wonder also, I don't know how this would relate, but what stuck out to me about that line in a vacuum is Coca-Cola is the drink of the masses of the common man while red wine is kind of a signal of wealth. Mhm. But I I haven't really been able to tie it to the song fully in terms of that.
1: Yeah, it's almost like yeah, maybe 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 somebody who's drinking Coca-Cola could yeah, could be desiring red wine. Maybe kind of going back to what you said about the antonyms, maybe it's two people coming from Mm. two different places in life. One person's used to Coke, one person's used to red wine. Could be something like that. That's my first thought of it. The thing that also got me about this this part of the song is what does sacred sign mean? Is that just a reference to the flower moon? Is there something more there? I wasn't sure.
0: Yeah, I read it as to the flower moon. Okay. Um, Kind of this astrology almost take. I don't even view it as the narrator, like actually looking for astrology signs. I view him more as just desperate for any sign whatsoever that he's literally just looking up to the skies and seeing what he finds. And he's like, oh, it's a full moon in May. What does that mean? Like he, he probably doesn't even know either, (laughs) Um, but it has to mean something, right? I mean, you don't get a full moon too often, so it has to mean something one would think Mm -hmm. except that you can predict full moons for all time but you know i digress (laughs) um now's the time to disappear i that one's tough. i was at a loss there
1: yeah Mm.
0: i mean if they're ending things and going their separate ways for 2021 um will you still think about me
1: yeah it's hard to think about it like them actually just up and leaving you know that's mm-hmm. hard to like envision if they're still having the semblance of trying to figure it out
0: Hmm. yeah i mean that's the only thing i could come up with but i'm i'm not sure there either mm-hmm. and then the chorus it was the right place wrong time Another night at the borderline another night in the sway of the flower moon so what is
1: the term borderline mean because every time i hear this i think of vienna by billy joel when he talks about (laughs) being down on the borderline tonight interesting Um, yeah i I didn't make that connection when you google borderline you get borderline personality disorder which i don't think is what we're talking about here because i've heard the phrase borderline before as being a location but i don't know what it means
0: yeah um i read it as another night at the borderline of ending things
1: okay i like that
0: yeah i like that where you're just like it could end tonight but it could also just relax in the morning um Mm -hmm. we're we're on the border here um
1: yeah right place wrong time i mean you could say that about a million different failed relationships um Mm -hmm. and then okay i like i like the idea of it being that yeah on the edge of something ending here um and then something being in the sway of the flower moon i don't know why i thought this but to me when i see sway in context here it makes me think of kind of like this cyclical nature of a Mm. year a full moon coming That, that was my first thought of this
0: i mean father of the bride definitely uses the calendar throughout its storytelling um and holds you now um you have um you A Wedding in June, and then Harmony Hall, they took a vow in the summertime. Now they find themselves in late December. um, Spring Snow. So the calendar is very much used throughout this album in different mm-hmm. ways, um, in kind of contrasting ways, because spring, you would usually think good, but then you have spring snow, these contrasting words. Uh, and it definitely definitely does a good job of setting uh, making the setting for the album i think um in ways that the other albums less relied on time and more relied on location i think mm-hmm. um, while now now everything's a time period or a time you have you were married in a gold rush it's not you were married in california it's you were married in a gold rush mm-hmm. um and so it's, it's all time that that's being focused on. Um, I feel like the album, which is pretty fitting since six years passed before it was uh, released from, from the last album, um, really has this theme on time and relationships. Um, and like, there's still some religion there, but it's less so than Modern Vampires of the City, where... Mm-hmm. Where Ezra could only talk about God. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, you're right. There's there is a general theme of like relationships and love and life, but you're right. It's it's more varied in its approach. I think I think that's cool and kind of a a break for the band because you know the first album was that collegiate feel that we talked about so much. It's great and it's the reason that so many of us fell in love with this band. Um, but yeah, especially diving deeper into the songs on Father the Bride. There's just a ton here. Definitely. Uh, do you want to talk about um well? I guess yeah, there's another part to the chorus. Uh it yeah, was the right yeah. week on a cursed day. Another chapter was underway.
0: Hmm. Another year in the light of the flower moon. Mm-hmm. So lot lots of more time elements here. Um, time passing. Yeah, it's kind
1: of the same right place, wrong time, right week, cursed day. It's just kind of this like things definitely could have worked out, but we the timing was bad or something came up, and I think that's a really relatable sentiment.
0: So this is interesting. Each for the first, so it's like this ABC ABC pattern and mm-hmm. meaning, but the the second ABC is a more broadened time meaning so each one's comparable so you have it was the right place wrong time so when you're thinking place it's like a very specific thing in wrong time is a very specific time like you can pinpoint the second is what i think but then you have it was the right week on a cursed day so the week is a very long stretch of time it can be a long stretch of time and then you have a specific day within that week that's bad but even then that's still longer than a specific point of time mm-hmm. and then the next line another night at the borderline comparable to another chapter was underway so there's one single night that they're at the borderline of breaking up of ending things but in, in the next one it's another chapter which definitely does not suggest one single night right it suggests a pretty long period of time was underway. Um, and so, what's that chapter? I would say it's continuing um, kind of what's been happening before, where they're still on that border questioning everything, but it's just um, a chapter of their life, a much longer period. Mm-hmm. And then the last one, another night in the sway of the fire moon, directly comparable to another year night to year, in the light of the flower moon, sway mm-hmm. to light. Um, so I think that's really cool, um, where you, you've you created this poetic pattern, even without using a poetic scheme in, in terms of meaning instead.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And the even the juxtaposition of night in the sway of the flower moon versus mm-hmm. year in the light, um, the light of a moon, that's fairly, really almost it's a very positive connotation, you know, Definitely um, painting in a good way, really you'd think, and kind of following some more negative sentiments, maybe not negative sentiments, but uncertain sentiments. Um, that's really cool.
0: Definitely. Yeah. I would agree that the second ABC pattern is a lot more optimistic. Um, and that, that ties into the more time that's available to them, the more optimistic they're going to be, um, where in the first verse, it says, if the sun don't make things right, it's going to take a year. And so if you have a year, it's more more, more, more optimistic that they're going to fix it than a single mm-hmm. night. Um, so then you repeat the course again. Um, and then again. But then you have this very interesting... Um, bridge which i feel like adds a lot to it and really for me it really seals the deal on this being about their relationship coming to a standstill mm-hmm. um because you have danielle Haim, who's been this voice of the the bride throughout this album um it's really interesting because she's credited it says featuring danielle Haim on multiple tracks but on this song it just says featuring steve lacy so i always thought that was interesting
1: yeah they i think they wanted to give her the featuring daniel hyman it was like properly like lead vocals you know mm-hmm. and this is just a little bit of a of a um of a bridge i mean i don't want to discredit it it's a great little bridge but she's mm-hmm. practically on the album in this song you know in every capacity because she's on so many of these songs
0: definitely um
1: you're right playing the role of the bride as you say
0: yeah and it's, it's a, it was interesting to watch the live performances because Ezra ends up singing this part.
1: That's right. He does all three parts. It's it's funny. And he does kind of change his voice a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> um, he doesn't do like the straight up like chanting stuff that Steve Lacey does. Mm-hmm. And he does go a little bit higher for this bridge here. It's funny.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, he kind of lowers his voice for the Steve Lacey parts, which is great. But diving into what she says... A shift in weight, Um, so this could be directly referencing and married in a gold rush when they say the gold won't weigh us down. Um, And so maybe something changed, maybe some weight was added or maybe removed. I would would say added based on what the song has said before. Um, And then a simple twist of fate which I love because it, it's a nice reference to a Bob Dylan song, which we already know Ezra. Ezra takes a lot from. Big Dylan guy. Yeah. yeah.
1: Him and everybody yeah. else, but.
0: We <laughs> <laughs> so have the song "Simple Twist of Fate" from "Blood on the Tracks" by Bob Dylan, um, and it's the story of these this couple who, um, kind of the same thing, uh, realizes there's something that happened, this twist of fate that resulted in them having to end things. Um, He woke up, the room was bare, he didn't see her anymore. He told himself he didn't care, pushed the window open wide, felt an emptiness inside to which he just could not relate, brought on by a simple twist of fate. So just by saying that one phrase, you're bringing in this whole story that's told much more sh- straightforward, I would say, and much more thoroughly, but you're bringing that into your own song. And I feel like that adds a ton, ton mm-hmm. of meaning.
1: Yeah, I like that, especially for those, those folks who are gonna make the connection either, either in the moment or later on. Um, yeah, so that's a, it's, it's a great little bridge using these lyrics here um next we have suddenly it's much too late the rising tides already lapping at the gate which is a very ezra lyric right there Mm -hmm. um but yeah the idea of you're trying to do things trying to do things all of a sudden we can't do anything anymore these problems are here we got to deal with them now the rising tide already lapping at the gate
0: yeah and that the tide lapping at the gate reminded me of the bambino lyric can't speak when the waves reach our house upon the dunes um just this sense of urgency where you're already kind of screwed, mm-hmm. <laughs> you're, yeah. you're, 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 you're heading towards the end. Absolutely. Um, yeah, and then repeats the chorus again, um, again with different instrumentation to kind of add something new. Um, yeah, it's it's a really cool way, I think, to tell a story about an end of a relationship. Because I feel like so many times you can tell that straightforward story of getting in an argument and like them leaving and you not knowing what to do. Um, almost, it makes me think of the cover um, on the bonus track. I, I don't think much about her anymore, mm-hmm. where it's this very simplistic way to tell that same story. Sure. But this way, it's much more elaborate and much more concealed, um, which I feel like fits with the overall theme of the album.
1: So did you catch what's going on in the background of the final, like, stanza?
0: Can't say I did.
1: So it's spoken word, but you can also hear the clattering of silverware and kind of like a drone of conversation. It sounds like you're in a restaurant. Oh, yeah. Yes. And I always thought that was interesting and especially in light of what we talked about here, I'm curious what that could mean. Is this the sort of conversation that could come up during a date, you know, like mm-hmm. out, out, out at dinner? It could be, I think yeah. it, it, it grounds it a little bit more because some of this stuff can be really esoteric. And then all of a sudden you realize like these Fancy terms we're using, being married in a gold rush, Bambina, these are things that can happen to normal people just mm-hmm. going out to dinner, you know?
0: Yeah, that that adds a lot because now I I viewed it before as them kind of almost on a ranch because <laughs> it's like married <laughs> in a gold rush and such. But now I'm viewing it as them at this diner in, mm-hmm. in New York with the moon kind of, they're out a window and see the full moon in May. And they're having this conversation where they're realizing, where are we going to go? There's nowhere to go from here.
1: Yeah.
0: It, it creates this very, very sad, sentimental scene, um, which, like we said, followed up by 2021, and then a reconciliation, and then happiness, it, yeah. and then sadness. It really does again. feel like
1: it's the beginning of the end of the album,
0: you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, the diner part's interesting, because Sunflower, the music video, is Steve Lacy and Ezra just in a Jewish deli, mm-hmm. diner type, just walking around, chilling. Um, they run into Jerry Seinfeld, because why not? Um, <laughs> and so I, I wonder if that ties the two songs together even more. Could be.
1: Yeah, I think, I think it definitely adds some setting, you know, because I think this was really really kind of vacuous and spacey but i think like i said this kind of grounds it a little bit more
0: yeah any final thoughts it's just a pleasant
1: song like so many of these songs are just great to listen to and this Mm -hmm. is it's just fun you know i mean musically very fun um it's it makes it accessible we talked about how this is definitely a more accessible album and despite it not really being any particular genre and kind of being all over the place, it's good to listen to it. I think a lot of people are going to appreciate that. And then of course, with these lyrics we talked about here, um, it's really kind of a cool way to tell that story, like you mm-hmm. said.
0: So one final question I have for you. Do you. Have you seen the single, like the the father of the bride image that comes along with this? No, which one is it? So go to the Genius page for the lyrics. Okay, um, and you'll it'll pop up. It's this flower that's blue, but the way it's drawn is very rigid at points, oh. but also very flowy. On first glance, it almost looks like a fingerprint to me
1: it's beautiful you're right the center of it is is it's got it's like a swirl it's like a it's like a finger swirl you know Mm -hmm. um like the very central part of it is not a flower but then the outside of it is very clearly like some sort of flower thing you know Mm -hmm. wow that's so cool
0: yeah i have no idea what to take away from it but i just think it's probably an important part of it
1: Mm -hmm. fantastic that's cool. That's really, really cool.
0: Um,
1: favorite alert. Coca-Cola and red wine.
0: Oh, shoot. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> this is what
1: you get for Let Me Go First.
0: Yeah. Um, hmm. It was the right place, wrong time. I feel like... Mm-hmm. I feel like that's, that's good. Classic. Um. Yeah. Okay. Top five.
1: Make my list here. Um, this Life, Stranger, um, Harmony Hall, Holiday, Unbelievers.
0: I'm going heavy, Father of the Bride, this week. Yes. I'm gonna go. We we have a big shift. We're going Flower Moon, number one. <laughs> jump hey, all the way to number one we're gonna go spring snow number two we're gonna go Nico, are
1: you going through a breakup right now or something what's going on
0: <laughs> no <Are> you okay <laughs> <laughs> i'll throw on stranger just to make sure you mm. you, you think i'm okay <laughs> at three great. yeah um unbelievers or i'm sorry unbearably white at four and then unbelievers
1: nice yeah Unbearably White I, fell three spots for you. Dang.
0: I I mean you could Stranger and Unbearably White are pretty much three A and three B for me. Sure. But I I forgot how much I like the song. The Daniel Highbridge, oh, it's just So, so cool. It so just cool. Adds so much to the song, just brings you out of the element for a second and then puts you back in. Mm-hmm. Um yeah i just really like it and then i feel like spring snow kind of benefits from listening to the song with it almost absolutely at least the latter half of the album in general mm-hmm. um, and so that kind of what reminded me there so for our hat of the week um, yes
1: we have a Miller High Life hat it's kind of a like tan with the classic Miller High Life logo because it is Super Bowl Sunday and no matter what team you're cheering for we can all crack open a couple of brews if you know what I'm saying so um, yes that's our hat for
0: those those who are unaware Kevin has been sipping on on a Miller High Life on a High Life yeah this podcast
1: it's like yeah it's like three o'clock in the afternoon we can get a get a little bit of a buzz going (laughs) for okay
0: so the song for next week is Giant from uh, um, yes, from Contra, right?
1: Yeah, this is this is the real California love letter. We'll get to yeah. that. But this is this is a great track. The
0: one I thought was a cover track for some reason, but it's definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> I, I apologize, my, my vampire fandom mm-hmm. <laughs> card might be verbose. Rev- it's okay, for we forgive you. <laughs> well, hope everyone has a good week and thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week. Take it easy, folks.